Welcome to the Queen of Hearts podcast. And here's the queen herself, registered dietitian Heather Klug. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Queen of Hearts podcast. I'm your host, Heather Klug, registered dietitian with the Karen Yance Women's Cardiac Awareness Center. With me today is my co-host, Bethany DeBrew-Adams, our health communications coordinator. Hi, Bethany. Hello, Heather. In our last episode, we talked about the heart health risks women see in their 20s, 30s, and 40s. Today, we are covering the heart health risks women are dealing with once they enter their 50s, 60s, 70s, and beyond. So once women hit their 50s, their risk for heart disease increases for several reasons. And to help us sort through the challenges women face as they age is Dr. Patricia Galatska, cardiologist with Advocate Aurora Health. Welcome back, Dr. Galatska. Thank you so much for having me again, Heather and Bethany. Pleasure being here with you guys. So as I just mentioned, when women reach their 50s, their risk for heart disease increases quite a bit, and a lot of that can be attributed to menopause. Can you tell us a little bit about what menopause does to the body and what that means for a woman's heart? Absolutely, Bethany. So as we mentioned on the prior podcast, menopause signifies permanent cessation of ovarian function in women's body. And women transition from the reproductive to the non-reproductive phase of their lives, which can mean good and the bad things. The mean age of menopause usually for women is about in their 50s in the United States. And what I want to say is that menopause does not cause cardiovascular disease. However, certain risk factors do increase around the time of menopause, and these risk factors need to be addressed. During the time of sort of perimenopause and menopause, our estrogen levels decline. And as we mentioned on the prior podcast, there are several metabolic changes which occur. We start developing adipose or visceral fat in our abdomen, which has been associated with increased cardiovascular risk. Our cholesterol becomes wacky. Um, There's an increase in our bad cholesterol, so the LDL, triglycerides. Our good cholesterol tends to go down, which again is associated with increased cardiovascular risk. There's insulin dysregulation leading to increased insulin resistance and decrease in insulin secretions, which can be putting us at increased risk for diabetes. And we also develop endothelial dysfunction, which increases our blood pressure and can lead to hypertension. So women who have gone through menopause, due to these hormonal changes, these metabolic changes that are not so good for our bodies tend to occur. Now, question is, when women go through menopause, they also tend to have these vasomotor symptoms. Thumbs. And as you know, many of women develop, such as hot flashes or night sweats, which can be quite life impairing. And these women are certainly, you know, also affected in their sleep patterns, which can impair again their exercise habits and lead to a metabolic syndrome. There's also increased time for anxiety, uh, potentially even leading to depression. So all of these changes have a profound effect on us uh, during that time. So again, it's important to speak to your doctor about these changes that occur, to acknowledge these symptoms, to see what we can do about these symptoms to make them better so they're not life impairing, and how to control these risk factors, which tend to become more prominent uh, during the time of menopause. 
this next health condition we're going to talk about is of special concern to me, Dr. Galatska, being a short Caucasian female, and that is osteoporosis risk. Now, the risk for osteoporosis also rises once women enter their 50s. What impacts can bone health or the lack of it have on heart health? Oh, great question, <laughs> Heather. So bone health, we know that it has been widely talked about topic relating to cardiovascular health, and that is because we tend to use specific supplements, so both vitamin D and calcium to essentially improve our bone health. And there has been a lot of press, a lot of chit-chat about whether vitamin D actually can improve our cardiovascular health. And this is sort of what I want to touch base on. So on the basis of national data from 2011 to 2014, it is estimated that approximately 37 of the U.S. population takes vitamin D supplements and up to 61% of adults over 65 years of age actually take vitamin D supplements to optimize their bone health. And what National Academy of Medicine essentially recommends, they recommend dietary intake of vitamin D for adults 19 to 70 years of age of 600 international units per day. And for adults over 70 years, 800 international units per day. However, we know that considerable proportion of adults in the United States takes vitamin D supplementation in excess of these recommendation allowances. And what we have learned from previous studies, observational studies, that actually there has been some link with low concentrations of vitamin D to increased risk of cardiovascular events. But what I want to point out is these were observational studies. So when observational study is done, that does not mean essentially causation, that it's true. Now, when randomized trials, which are sort of our gold standards for determining causation for us, where when they were performed and they looked at vitamin D intake and whether that actually improves cardiovascular health or prevents cardiovascular health, they failed to show that. So although vitamin D supplements do not appear to be harmful for cardiovascular health, the lack of benefit in randomized control trials should discourage their use for this purpose, essentially. Favoring optimizing vitamin D status through healthy lifestyles, such as specific foods and modest sunlight exposure. So bone health is important. And if it's recommended by your doctor, I would say, yes, you can take vitamin D, although there's no really true link uh, towards improvement of the cardiovascular health. But you should try to obtain that vitamin D through sunlight or food. The other thing is calcium, which is very important for our bone health. Now, the controversy that came up over the last several years, whether there is a link between calcium and cardiovascular health. And we know that, again, from some observational studies, there has been a link towards uh, increase in cardiovascular disease with increased intake of calcium. And the recommended dietary intake of calcium for 1,200 milligrams per day recommended for women 51 to 70 years of age and all adults over 70 years of age. So what I usually say is, you know, the best thing that you can do for yourself is to obtain that calcium from foods, from healthy foods, such as leafy green vegetables, low-fat dairy, beans, almonds, 
And then if you do need to supplement, then you should discuss this with your doctor because we know that there has been raised awareness about in some studies that have linked calcium supplementation with associated increase in coronary artery calcifications. So again, I think the most important thing that you can do both for vitamin D and for calcium for your bone health uh, during that time is these should be derived strictly from the dietary sources. Well, it's a good thing you're a dietitian, Heather, because that means you know what you're supposed to be eating. (laughs) That's right. So moving on to women in their 60s, we know things like high blood pressure, high cholesterol, and diabetes are becoming more of an issue. And we also know that I think women tend to feel resigned to them. Like, I'm in my 60s. I have these conditions. There's really not much I can do about it at this point. I might as well just take the medication and go on with my life. But is there anything that women can do to keep these risk factors under control or even possibly reverse them? Fantastic question. I think there's so much that we can do at any time in our life to prevent cardiovascular disease. And as you mentioned before, 80% of cardiovascular disease is preventable. So in our 60s, we should especially focus on what we call by American Heart Association, life simple sevens. So there are seven risk factors that people can definitely improve on through their lifestyle changes to achieve ideal cardiovascular health. And number one thing is women should be aware of their blood pressure numbers and manage their blood pressure appropriately. Because as we said, during that time, we develop endothelial dysfunction um, during menopause and our blood pressure starts increasing. And it is one of the major risk factors for heart disease and stroke. So when your blood pressure stays within healthy ranges, you reduce your strain on your heart, your arteries, other vessels, and overall stay healthier. Interestingly, hypertension remains the most prominent modifiable cardiovascular risk factor that increases with age among women. And again, this is due to these hormonal changes that occur. So that's number one. Number two, we need to manage our cholesterol. And we know that high cholesterol contributes to plaque within our arteries, whether it's in our brain, our heart, or our other vessels that can essentially lead to heart disease and stroke. And when we control that cholesterol, we are essentially giving our best chance to prevent these things and which can cause blockages and lead to these horrible things happening to us. So managing your cholesterol, knowing your numbers, talking to your doctor about these numbers, Again, we know that the cholesterol changes during menopause, so being aware what is our LDL, HDL, our triglycerides. Number three is we need to reduce our blood sugar. There's an important things which we can do. So most of the food we eat is turned into glucose that our bodies use for energy. And over time, high levels of blood glucose can damage, again, our heart, our kidneys, you know, our other vessels. So and diabetes is a stronger risk factors actually for cardiovascular disease mortality in women than in men. And some evidence even suggests a link between menopause and a higher risk of type 2 diabetes. So again, because of this insulin resistance that we develop during menopause and, you know, that goes on later on because of our hormonal changes, we need to be aware of what is our blood glucose or sugar level. Number four is, again, be active. And I cannot reemphasize this enough. Physical activity and sedentary behavior is the worst thing that you can do for your body. 
Currently, recommendations encourage women to engage in over 150 minutes of exercise per week of moderate and intensity aerobic exercise or 75 minutes per week of vigorous physical activity. And it's important to do what you truly enjoy. So whether it's dancing, whether it's walking with your dog outside, whatever it is, you know, you need to stay active. And interesting fact, notably, only about 7.2% of midlife women from a SWAN study self-reported physical activity levels that are consistently met during our current recommendations. So there's a lot of work that we can do towards that. Number five is eating better. Definitely diet has a huge impact on our cardiovascular health. So as Heather would probably say, one of the diets that is important, it's a diet that's very rich in fruits and vegetables, plant-based diets, especially plant-based fats and oils, because we know that these are associated with less visceral fat, which women tend to develop later in life. And we want to limit our intake of sweet snacks and which are associated with more liver fat. Then number six is losing weight and keeping good body mass index. And the recommending body mass index is less than 25 kilograms per meter square. And uh, we want to also maintain circumference because of this visceral adiposity, which develops less than 88 centimeters. We know that weight has important effect on our blood pressure and the way we feel and what we can do. So we should strive through exercise and good diet to maintain this healthy weight. Number seven is if you are smoking, you should definitely not be smoking. There's never a bad time to quit smoking. So whether you're in your 20s, 30s, 40s, 50s, 60s, you should be quitting that smoking and figuring out, talking to your doctor about what is the best way to quit smoking. Because we know that women who smoke die about 11 years earlier than women who never smoked. So very, very important. So these are our American Heart Association's Life Simple 7 things which we can do. I know we can all strive to accomplish that. And by maintaining it throughout our life, we essentially pay forward towards our later years. Those were a lot of great tips, Dr. Galatska. Thank you. Now, women in their 70s today are busier and more active than ever before. They don't want to be slowed down by any heart issues. What risk factors and heart conditions tend to become even more prominent once women are in their 70s and in the years beyond? As you mentioned, there are women out there who are very active and very busy and in their 70s who still want to continue being like that. So they don't want to be affected by cardiovascular disease. When we're in our 70s, we again have very similar risk factors to when we're in our 60s or 50s. So again, high blood pressure, high cholesterol, obesity, and smoking. But we want to make sure that we control those risk factors to our best ability and we speak to our doctors about it. So it's important to have regular checkups to make sure that we know our numbers, we know what our blood pressure is, we know what our cholesterol is, we know what is our weight, and that we speak speak to our doctors about prevention and what we can do about it. We do know that the older we get, there are those modifiable risk factors, which I just mentioned. And then unfortunately, age is one of the non-modifiable risk factors as well as our genetics. So by that time, most of us will probably develop what we call atherosclerotic disease or plaque within our vessels, which can be manifested as coronary calcifications within our heart. So it is very important to know whether we have those things, whether we 
have these risk factors and how can we best prevent them? What I want to emphasize is that to take care of yourself and you also have to be aware of your symptoms. So acknowledge if you have any chest pain, any shortness of breath, any, you know, whether it's palpitations, whether it's, you know, anything that feels abnormal in your body or the way you feel, you should be discussing that with your doctor as this could be a sign of heart disease, which can be picked up on and can be essentially addressed at that time. So women in their 70s should be doing absolutely everything women in their 60s are doing. So calling their risk factors and discussing them with your doctor. So Dr. Galatska, just to wrap it all up, what is the number one thing you would recommend all women do in order to keep their hearts healthy? Uh, Wow. Um, I think um, when you think about your heart, Think about how you can keep it healthy from age 20 up to age 80 or 90 and how you can take care of your heart to your best ability. I don't think there is number one thing is, but I I think what my message I want it to be is prevent cardiovascular disease. So number one thing is stay active. Whatever it is, whatever you enjoy doing, whether it's dancing or walking or running or doing any other activity, but definitely do that. Be aware of your numbers, whether it's your blood pressure, cholesterol, or your weight. Discuss these with your doctors if these need to be addressed or treated. And make sure you have regular checkups because these risk factors tend to accumulate. So it is important to acknowledge them um, early on. And then one last thing is be social because we know that people who are social and tend to have actually healthier hearts. So I know it's hard during pandemic right now, but (laughs) once this is over, I think we can hopefully go back to being more social. And we know that good social lives lead to healthier hearts. Um, So these are the things that I want you to think about and throughout your lifetime as women and make sure that you take care of your heart to your best ability. That is great advice. Thank you so much for all of your expertise, Dr. Glatzka. It's good to know that even though women face different heart health risks in each decade of life, we don't have to surrender to these risks. There's always something we can do, whether we are young or older, to help ourselves get and stay heart healthy. If you take away nothing else from these podcasts, we hope it's that. If you're listening to us on YouTube, be sure to hit the subscribe button so you never miss an episode. Thanks for listening, everyone. And as we always say, be the ruler of your own heart. Goodbye. Bye-bye. Thank you for joining us on the Queen of Hearts podcast. Our podcast is recorded here at the Carignan's Women's Cardiac Awareness Center inside Aurora St. Luke's Medical Center in Milwaukee, Wisconsin. For more heart-healthy tips, recipes, and more, visit our website at www.carignancenter.org. Like us on Facebook at Center and follow us on Pinterest. If you like what you hear, so and be sure to tell us. Until next time, be ruler of your own heart.